Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hi, this is Shep Hyken back for another amazing episode on Amazing Business Radio, and I'm excited today. We have an incredible guest today, a guy that's in the trenches, runs a business. We're going to learn all about what he's doing to create an amazing customer experience. But uh, first, I want to thank our sponsor, Salesforce. Uh, If you want to learn more about what they're offering up for our listeners here at Amazing Business Radio, go to www.amazingbusinessradio and just click on the Salesforce icon and see what they have to offer. Also, we are going to open the show with something we've been doing for about the last month or so with a great response, positive response, and great results, and that is uh, we're going to answer a question from one of our audience members. Now, if you want your question answered, the easiest way to do this is to go to Twitter and ask your question. Be sure to use my handle, which is at Hyken, H-Y-K-E-N, and make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag AskShep. That's Ask Shep. Couldn't be easier than that. And so the question that I want to get into this week is, and here it comes, is customer retention more profitable than acquisition? And if so, how? Wow. Well, that's a pretty easy question because all the stats since the time I started my business back in the 1980s have indicated that the cost of acquiring a new customer has always been higher than keeping your existing customer. How much higher? Well, they say they, (laughs) multiple surveys. And by the way, over the years, these numbers have really not changed much. But the surveys are saying five to seven times more in cost to get a new customer than to keep an existing customer. That's an average of average businesses. So depending upon your business and your industry, it might be much higher. It might be a little bit lower, but you get the idea. It's far more expensive to keep trying to get new customers than to keep your old customers. By the way, one of the ways you grow is by bringing in new customers and creating repeat customers because repeat customers typically buy more when they come back they spend more as a result and guess what else they do they tell their friends their family members their colleagues at work about the great experiences they're having at this company which is why uh, they actually help with your marketing effort as well i want to also share with you a recent stat by boston consulting that claims and this again is is they used average numbers and uh, they say if it costs seven dollars to keep a customer it would uh, cost $34 to acquire a new one. So that is just about five times more, uh, again, to get that new customer than to get the old customer. So if you ask me the question, is retention more profitable than acquisition? The answer is yes. So how do you get that retention? Well, that's what we've been talking about for the last several years or however long we've been doing Amazing Business Radio. You create that experience that drives the customer to want to come back and do business with you. It's pretty much that simple. So uh, I've mentioned this before in other uh, episodes of Amazing Business Radio, but I have like the the loyalty question. If people think about loyalty and, and acquiring a customer that then keeps coming back again and again, it becomes like a daunting 
task to some. They go, well, how do I do that? It's, it's got to be hard to create that lifetime customer. Stop thinking about it for the lifetime and start thinking about just simply the next time, every time. So you ask yourself a basic question. As you're interacting with your customer, you ask, what am I doing right now to make sure that the next time the customer comes back, they want to do business? Actually, strike that. What am I doing right now so that the next time the customer needs what I sell, they would be willing to come back and do business with me? That's all about the next time. What am I doing right now to position myself for the next time. And if you do it right, the next time they do come back and you do the same thing, what am I doing right now to make sure that customer will buy from me the next time they need whatever it is that that, uh, we sell, they will come back again and again and again because you're focused on the next time every time, which eventually turns into a lifetime. So back to the original question, is customer retention more profitable than acquisition? Will you tell me? I think so. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to a gentleman named Brian Sprinkle. And he is the global customer service manager at Big Ass Fans. And you're going to love hearing about their company and his story. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the Shepherd Letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I told you we have a great interview. Brian Sprinkle, who is the global customer service manager at, and I I told you the name, Big Ass Fans. You're going to find out exactly what that is and how they came up with that name. They are the world's leading manufacturer of high-volume, low-speed fans. If you look up overhead and you see a large fan circling around you, uh, that could be one of their fans. Anyway, he's got amazing people that he works with, highly trained technicians and customer service specialists who support the company. And uh, Brian, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thanks so much for having me on. Really excited to be on your show. Uh, I'm excited you're here because I always love talking. You know, we talk to various people, experts that have written books, that have, you know, gone to school and they've done, you know, dissertations on customer experience or aspects of it. And then we talk to people like you who are in the trenches, in the field, doing it day in and day out. Uh, So I love getting the practical experience and the wisdom as well. Real quick, big-ass fans. I think when I probably mentioned this uh, in the introduction before our book, break i'm sure some people said did he just say big ass fans and i did (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about that how'd you come up with that name so we're a fairly new industry uh having these large industrial fans for circulation so you know when our company started it was kind of unknown uh we originally were called the hvls fan company that's high volume low speed kind of a mundane name and we went by that for a couple of years but what we found is people would call in or you know send us emails and hey i want to get one of those big ass fans where do i get a big ass fan and you know eventually we heard enough and said well if they're calling us that let's go buy it so we made the change and 
it's actually been one of my favorite things working here. Uh, getting to tell family and friends, you know, people call in, is your name really Big Ass Fans? It's, yep, that's what we go by. Do you ever get any heat from customers oh. or do you get people who call and are upset that you're using that term? We don't get as many calls. Um, our promotional materials, for a while in certain states, the uh, post office wouldn't send them. They rejected them. Um, every once in a while, somebody will write some really nice comments and send it back on there. If you go on our website on our YouTube channel, we actually have videos of some of the voicemails we've got, some of the postcards. We call it like big-ass hate mail. Um, and we take it really lighthearted. Some people get really serious. But for 99% of the country, they love the name. Great. And I'm hoping that 99% actually, I'm hoping 100% of our listeners will not be offended by the name. And if so, uh, right now I'm going to say I'm sorry, but you still should listen anyway. Uh, yeah. Because it's really, um, at the most, it's PG. Yeah. At the most. I'd still say we're, we're hovering around the G rated uh, <laughs> program here G for general audience uh, and A for amazing content. And uh, anyway, instead of. The word, your word. Any, yep. <laughs> so, well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, okay. you, you've got a lot of growth. Uh, you know, it is fairly new, but you are well recognized. I mean, I've seen your name as I do research and learn about companies. I've been intrigued by your company. So let's talk a little bit of how you're expanding and retaining customers. Yeah. So, you know, like I so said, the industry is very new. So, you know, as a company, we've had to develop these customers you know we've had to go in and, and let them know why they need these products and you know when people get them they don't always understand what's the best way to use these so from the very start it's always been a precedent in our company that taking care of the customer meeting their needs and helping them get the most out of their products is super important so you know we've always hired local people um, we're based here in Lexington Kentucky um, and we want to bring in experts because there are no experts in this field when it comes to supporting them. You know, you can't go out and hire an auto mechanic and expect them to do this. So, you know, we have to bring people in. We have to train them. Um, and the whole philosophy is, you know, we want to treat them uh, just with as much uh, care, you know, sometimes compassion. You know, we get these fans in here. They help cool down the spaces. And you have a fan go off, and, you know, people get a little worked up sometimes. So help them calm down. When they call in, they don't feel like they're just talking to another person. They're talking to an expert. They're talking to someone who understands what's going on, can quickly get down to the issue, and solve it. What so about the a personality of, of somebody who cares about the customer in addition to the product expertise? So finding those people, it, that is one of our biggest challenges because we need to find highly technical people because our products can be complex. They take you know, knowledge to understand the electrics and the mechanics behind them. So finding that person who also wants to talk on the phone can be friendly. Uh, I think one of the big ones, someone can empathize, or empathize with, the, uh, with the customer who can kind of feel their pain, can feel their urgency, and respond accordingly to really kind of feel what the customer is and make sure that's understood. Um, and, and those can be a tough person to find. The technical person who's also kind of a people person. Um, and when we do find them, man, we want to hold on to those people because they are worth gold to us right so is it easy to find the tech well I, I would imagine you know hire hiring somebody that's empathetic and sympathetic and good on the phone mm -hmm. and you know for lack of a better term I use the word nurturing because in some cases yep. that's necessary is that um it, it's hard to find those people but 
how about the technical people? W- which would you rather hire? Would you hi- rather hire somebody that's, that really knows the product or somebody that's really friendly and great on the phone? Can we teach them to understand the product? So what we feel, because we're never going to get someone that has the knowledge, they have to naturally be a kind person and come off well on the phone. Mm-hmm. That's something hard to teach. If someone comes off aggressive or comes off in a way that doesn't feel nurturing, it can be hard to teach that person. Now, you could have someone who that's not their primary skill. I've pulled lots of people that don't have phone experience before or even email experience, and we can, we can grow if it's already there. Um, and on the technical side, like I said, we're never going to get someone with the knowledge of our product. What I look for is problem solvers. If I see someone that's got a background in problem solving, that's all I need. All right. And give me an um, example of the type of problem solving. We're not talking so, you know, straight-up algebra here. We're talking um, troubleshooting. Yeah, troubleshoot, it, you know, there, something's not working or something's not making sense to a customer. Someone that can break that problem down into sections and go, okay, this, this, this isolate what the actual problem is, and give clear steps to resolve it. Um, so it's a little bit of being able to break problems down logically. Um, and someone that enjoys that. If you don't enjoy, you know, all day spending getting a problem and having to break it down, you know, they're going to burn up. They're not going to last. But finding someone that enjoys solving problems and has the logical brain to break those problems down, as long as they have that, I don't care what the field is. Right. Can you can you can train to the stuff. field, yep. but they still have to have that nurturing ability to communicate with people. Yep. Yep. And that's 100% true. So here's so, a statement, and you tell me how you react to this. I interviewed Jim Bush. I've talked about Jim before on the show, and he's the senior or was a senior VP, worldwide customer service. He's since been promoted, although that was a pretty high place. They actually called him worldwide. He was known as the uh, czar of customer service because uh, he was so big and involved in this industry. He said when it comes to support centers for American Express, he would rather hire somebody that has hospitality experience instead of somebody that has call center or support center experience. His concept was, I can teach somebody to flip through screens and get information. I can't teach somebody to be nice, friendly, empathetic, and, you know, for lack of a better term, nurturing on the phone. Is that in a, a total alignment with what you're talking about? I don't think in total alignment. I think the difference is we don't run a call center for our customer service. So, you know, you, the nurturing has got to be there. You have to have someone that has that skill. Like I said, you can grow it if it's there. If it's not there, you're just out of luck. Um, and we've, you know, over the years hired different people, and we've gone the route of hiring some people who are just purely on the nurturing side, side even administrative people. Um, and they have not succeeded because they didn't have that problem-solving ability. So you need, what you need to find that. You need to find both. Not easy yeah, to do today, is it? it? It is not easy. We go through, we just recently hired about five people for growth in this coming year. And, I mean, we had to interview a lot of people to find someone that had both those skill sets. Mm. Um, and, and we get them from all different backgrounds. And how are you determining if they have those skill sets? Are you using some type of behavioral style assessment, uh, a tool that's uh, beyond just straight-up you know, interviewing? At, uh, you know, work experience like normal. Um, but what I do is we, when we do the interviews, I bring in my technical support staff, usually one of those members, and we'll ask them. It may not be questions related to our field, but we'll ask them some problem-solving things. We'll ask their interest in problem-solving. We'll ask what kind of experience they have and how they dealt with that. 
because um, even you can have someone who likes solving problems, but you put the pressure and immediacy of having somebody on the phone and they crumple. So it, it, it's a, a good mix. And a lot of those, you know, it's we're trying to ask leading questions. We're trying to look at that work experience. You know, we've hired uh, a lot of computer technicians, surprisingly, who have no high-voltage electrical and mechanical background, but they're people that have very good knowledge in having a big problem on a computer and breaking down by component what it is. And that's who you want. You want somebody that has really that background. So it's kind of the same thing. Your your version of a hospitality background is mm-hmm. I want somebody that has a problem-solving background or the ability, and somebody in IT who knows how to do that, you can cross them over into the basics of, of fixing a big-ass fan. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about how you do your customer surveys and get your feedback because I think that's very interesting as well. So we are talking with Brian Sprinkle, who is at Big Ass Fans. I just love that name. And we're going to take a short break. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Brian Sprinkle. And Brian, great information about how you hire the right people for a great customer service experience. Let's talk about surveys and feedback because I know you send out surveys at different points in the customer's journey and I want to know how you respond to them. How many do you send out? How many do you get back? How do you respond to them? Do you respond to every survey? Uh, Just the bad ones? I mean, tell me, I want to get it all. Can we do that in like 8, 10, 12 minutes? (laughs) Yeah. We'll try. Really believe in surveys. It's something we started about three or four years ago. Uh, because it's one thing you hear back when someone calls in. It's another thing, you know, to get kind of a more anonymous opinion from them. So we do surveys after we finish the sale, dealing with the salesperson and the sales process. We do a survey at 90 days where we ask more specifically about how the fan got installed, any kind of issues out there. And then anytime they interact with a customer service rep and we kind of close out the ticket or issue, they get another survey. So, you know, we send out thousands of surveys every week. Uh, depending on the market, we have residential fans. We get a much higher response rate on those surveys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have you know, a lot of industrial and commercial locations, a little lower there, but we get residential about 20, probably more like 10 to 12 for our industrial, spent, uh, industrial customers back. So, um, and we get all those back. We actually have a position. We call it our customer advocate. And we treat them in the company as the voice of the customer. You know, the whole company cares about the customer, and that's what we're here for. But we have someone's specific role, and they represent the customer in meetings. They represent the customer in discussions. Um, when we're developing new products, their voice matters in that. And that's the person they read through every single survey that comes in. Um, it's part of their job. They go through them. They respond to every single survey. If someone gives a response, you know, even if they just kind of fill it out and don't type anything, we'll just send a thank you letter back to them. Um, but if they type out, uh, our customer having takes time to type them a message back to thank them. Um, and what I love about it, as a customer service manager, um, it's 
how I start every single one of my mornings is I open up what were our survey responses from yesterday, and I would like to say I read every single good one, but I read all the bad ones. Any bad survey that came in, anyone that didn't give us excellent marks, I read through it, and I go, what happened here, uh, and if I need to address it. Now, our customer advocate would go through all of those anyway, and she's going to address it, goes through, and will, you know, if it was a sales issue, she'll go talk to that sales manager, she'll go talk to the salesperson, what happened here, especially if it's an unresolved issue, she will reopen it and make sure it gets resolved. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's invaluable to me to know, one, who on my teams are really impressing customers. And, you know, if someone's not impressing a customer, if they're coming off with a bad attitude or didn't feel like they're helpful, I want to know that right away. And we immediately go address that with them and talk about what happened. So uh, there's several lessons here, and I want to just kind of go through them. Number one, you have one person assigned to doing nothing but getting the surveys in, taking a look at them, and responding to every customer, and then getting them to the right person, which is maybe you or or someone else, Mm -hmm. to take further action if necessary. So you said you're receiving thousands a week? Yeah. So she'll go through... You know, it, it could be 150, 200 of these a week. Now, like I said, some of them, if they don't write well, 150 text or response, 200 a week, I see, because earlier you said thousands a week. So no, 150 to 200 a oh, day. Oh, okay. Oh, a day. Now, some of these are oh, a day. They're quick. She's not putting in right. a lot. You know, if they don't type comments or have an issue, it'll be a real quick response back. Yep. But if someone still has something or really good comments, she works with it. Yep. And I can see if they're short and they're quick and they're very, mm-hmm. you know, positive. Hey, thanks for sending this out. I'll make sure I pass this on to the right person, yep. you know, to compliment them. Literally, that takes a minute, two minutes. And yep. I can see if you get 150, 200 a day, that's very manageable. And when you get the <clears throat> the tough ones, I think those are the ones where the rubber hits the road, where you've got to do something. Now, uh, I've got another question for you. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that every opportunity is a learning opportunity. Any feedback is feedback to learn from. Uh, obviously, you go to the the source of a problem. What do you mm-hmm. do with the accolade? So we do the same thing. Um, every time if someone's mentioned or they get a really good survey back, uh, our customer advocate sends that to me as a manager. She sends it to their supervisor. Um, if it's a really good one, we had a really great one from an IT professional just raving on one of my team members about the service he got. We sent that up to the director of operations and the CEO. Just say, hey. Here's somebody, and here's how they're responding. Wow. Okay. So now comes the next question about the negative response when this or negative survey. Mm-hmm. Do you break this down and understand how it could happen, and then do you try to create a system that prevents this from happening again? Oh, 100%. You know, we look at everyone. Sometimes it's, you know, it is a, a breakdown in a procedure or process with it that causes the problem. So we'll go address the parties, whether that was shipping or production whether that was a sales mistake. Uh, a lot of my job I spend on that interdepartmental communication of how do we get better as a company. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's with an actual team member. Somebody wasn't at their best or someone gave out wrong information, whatever it be, and then we go, okay, what, what are they missing here? Is it, do they not understand something? Do they not get training in a certain area? And we try to reinforce it. And that's why I love the surveys because that's how we're constantly getting better. Yeah. I, I wrote an article recently that, you know, it's like somebody says, you know, we always get complaints about this. And I started thinking to myself, if you're always getting complaints about it, what are you doing to stop the complaints? And yeah. it's like, you know, and I recognize if, you know, in your situation, you know what, something could go wrong. Like, hey, a, 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 a part could just wear out. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. time or, uh, I mean, things like that happen. And obviously those are complaints and problems you can resolve 
quickly. But if there's a complaint that's happening over and over again. Now, I shift to the other side with the accolade because many companies, they debrief at a higher level on the negative than they do on the positive. On the positive, they just go and they pat people on the back. And I argue that you need to be spending as much time on those positive surveys and finding out what drove that positive experience. And if it's something that you already have in place and just somebody's complimenting you on it, fine. But is anybody ever complimenting you on that's kind of a one-off? It's like, wow, uh, they they experienced that? What can we do to make that happen every time? Mm-hmm. So uh, have, yeah, you, no. have you done any uh, like uh, training or, yeah. or work at that level? Yeah, we do it. Not necessarily training. We had a good example. You know, this summer, our busiest season, when it's hot out, our phones were ringing. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a guy who called in and sent an amazing survey in. Um, you know, he wrote a book on his interactions. And one of the things that he loved was he had an issue, went on. We gave him some steps to troubleshoot. Um, this was a, a residential customer at his home. And, you know, our customer service rep said, hey, you know what? Try this out. I'm going to give you a call in 10 minutes. I just want to see how it's going. So they left the conversation, the guy tried it, called him back 10 minutes later, and the guy was just blown away that, you know, our rep would take the time to, one, say I'm going to do it and actually do it. Um, and we immediately got that email and went back and used that as an example or other reps of, hey, here's a way why you can, you can yeah, help yeah. your customer feel special and use it as an example for here's a precedent for how you guys can be acting with every customer. Right, and you should. And by the way, this is now, it shouldn't be an option. It should be, this is part of the process when this type of thing happens. which is what I love. Awesome, awesome, great information. All right, we're coming too close to the end here, and I always ask the one thing question. You've given us some great insights. We've talked a little bit about, you know, uh, what you're doing with hiring good people and the process and sometimes the difficulty you go through. We've talked about this whole concept of of getting surveys. And By the way, before we jump off, uh, are there different types of sur- – I know you told me the three areas uh, during the sales process 90 days mm-hmm. later and if there's some type of a service issue that happens. Are you emailing or are you, what are you doing with the survey? Uh, they're, they're going out through email. So there's some automatic emails set mm-hmm. up with certain actions in our system. And how so long are the surveys? How long are uh, they? They're very short. Uh, they're all 10 questions or less. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're related to the, the event that happened, how was the person – how was their experience? Um, and then we always ask, we use NPS uh, as kind of the last question, what's your overall rating of our company? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that's common between all of our surveys. Uh, and that's something that we use as a department, looking at how well are we doing as a department from all the surveys, we use NPS. Perfect. So how long does the average survey take to fill out? Less than three minutes. Less. And do you promise them it's a short survey? And I'm asking because... I did an article and talked recently to somebody about survey fatigue. We had a survey expert. Mm-hmm. And when you say, hey, we've got a short survey that will take you less than three minutes, I bet the spike in participation and compliance goes up tremendously. Yeah, we've tried a couple different things. We do mention that it's a short survey. You know, at times during the year, we offer, you know, a free light or free fan once a month. So some incentives, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. It really depends on, for us, the market it goes to. Like I said, a residential customer is way more likely to fill out our surveys than, say, you know, a, a floor manager, an operations right. manager at a company. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. All right, we are now to the end, and I'm going to ask you the one thing question. Is there something you want to emphasize or some new piece of information that you can give us that you absolutely want our listeners to hear? So I think if you want to have excellent customer service agents and you're providing exceptional support to customers, the first step in that is providing those agents with excellent support. 
yeah. from management, from training, making sure that they are enjoying their job because it's tough being on the phones. And if you can keep them happy, they're extremely likely to make customers happy. And that is not just uh, – and because of that, your, your employees become big-ass fans of your company. Right. Yep. All right. I couldn't resist. That uh, is a great line. I, again, love the company, love the name. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me on. All right. Another great interview. Brian Sprinkle of Big Ass Fans tells us how to hire right and survey and what to do with those surveys. And bottom line, make your people happy and then they'll in turn make the customer happy. We're going to be back next week with another amazing interview. So until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.